The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Much happier introduction here today for you all. Welcome, everybody, to Colts fans. Yay! In Bill's land. Boo! Bill suck! <laughs> my name is Matt Johnson, and I'm alongside my faithful, trusty co-host, Mr. Brandon Rogers. Brandon, how are we doing today, bud? Caffeinated. I am uh, rejuvenated, uh, reincarnated. <laughs> Everything is good to go. How are you? I'm wonderful. I am wonderful. I, I you know, we, the listeners, we finally purchased our Colts tickets this weekend or on Thursday. Ooh. I woke up early. I was, I was like, ooh, as soon as that paycheck gets, oh boy, I'm buying them tickets. And, and we did. And uh, happy to say myself and Brandon will be sitting first row. And section 137 for the Colts Patriots game. So um you obviously could tell insane. Our, our, it's it's so cool. Absolutely insane. I'm stoked. Matt is just it's I'm oh my god, goosebumps. Just thinking about you know being able to sit there and talk some shit and you know tell Oak Reek you go get it. And you know, man, there goes a man, the myth legend right there, uh Isaiah Rochelle himself. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. It's amazing. Uh, I've sat in that section before about 15 rows up, but I was just happy to like seal the deal. Right. Just kind of get it done. We've been talking about it for a month now. And so I just need to get these tickets bought and be done with it. So we finally are. So that's what we're, we'll be doing. We're going to be spending the weekend there. Uh, December 18th, or probably the 17th till the 20th, 21st, something like that. But we are stoked for that. Um, I know Brandon is pretty, pretty pumped up. He was excited that morning. So, uh, but we don't have a whole lot to talk about today. Aside from, aside from the fact that, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're going, there's not a whole lot of news this week. Dog days, man. Dog Absolute days. dog days. Just nothing. No one to report. I mean, yay. We could have been talking about us getting Julio Jones, but we're not. So no, you know. no, that's still not. That's still not a thing, and it won't be. Uh, I did see uh, they, who was the guy? They was it uh, Nico Autry? <laughs> yeah, drop him back in the coverage. Nico Autry, drop. All right, try that against us. Not Naeem Hines would split his ankle. Oh God, it looked terrible. Bad. They paid him an exuberant amount of money, so he's gonna. I I don't think that's going to be a good thing. I don't like that scheming for him at all, but I like it for us. I mean, I like it for us. It's a very good thing. Great. 
great thing. See, I think that's one way I, that, you know, we're above the, the Titans uh, just with our coaching and, you know, how we use our players. We put them in the best spots to win, whereas Rabel's got them, you know, you got Lyman dropping into coverage. Yeah. We see what happens. stupid. And it is. It, it is terrible. I'm, yeah. So that's a good thing. That That is an advantage for us that we're pretty stoked about. Uh, other than that, though, no, nothing. Yeah, really nothing. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Uh, today, we're just kind of want to just talk a little bit about our owner, Jim Irsay, and what he what he means to us. And, and, you know, as an owner, you know, there's a lot, obviously, 32 NFL team owners out there. But I feel like uh, we're very fortunate to have a guy like Mr. Jim Irsay as our as our guy. Right. He's, he's one of the few that like kind of that really like stands out, puts his face out there. And uh, I, I think it's good for the overall national football. League. I think he's been a tremendous owner, despite what many uh, fans of other teams have said about him. I think he's been he's. He's one of the best higher up team owners, I think, out there. I, I think you're right. You know, he's a rock star. We all know what he the, the, the dabble and he has and playing uh, the cool instruments and whatnot. But, you know, he, he he does. He puts his face out there, and there are a lot of owners that kind of want to be the face of the team, like an Al Davis or uh, Jerry Jones, where it's detrimental to the team and, and whatnot. But you, you never hear about Ursay meddling or needling or really kind of being a, 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 a thorn in a uh, GM's or, or in a coach's life. He, he's definitely a tool. And I think that Ballard and... Uh, Right, really kind of lean on him because he's been in it. He's he's been through every single phase of of the NFL team. You know, he was a ball boy. You know, he sold tickets. That's just it's what he did. It's in his blood. And considering the blood that he came from, <laughs> we're we're lucky it turned out the way that he did. No, for sure, for sure. He's uh yeah, he's one in a million. I I I get excited every time I see him post on Twitter because it's not always football related. Is he? He is very excited for his football team, but he also uh, is very good about helping, you know, prop up, I guess, Indianapolis, propping up business owners, stimulating the local economy, mental health, all that stuff. And it goes such a long way. Right. It's 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 honestly tremendous as far as, you know, the, the stuff that he does that he does not have to do. Literally, I, I don't see any owner in the NFL that puts themselves out there like that, puts their kind of own money out there for people to win, puts up tickets, like all this stuff. I think it's really, really tremendous uh, that he does the stuff that he does. It's, it's really, I think it's really important to help build a, a, a very good brand, a very good fan, fan to team connection, I guess, when he, when he does stuff like that. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many times I've entered the uh, Jim Ursay trivia giveaway <laughs> trying to win a couple of bucks from him on Twitter, but man, yeah, you know, and yeah, I've heard stories uh, on Pat McAfee's podcast about during training camp, Ursay would just roam the sidelines and hand out hundred dollar bills to the fans. Like, Hey, here you go, brother. Have a, have a bill for uh, Franklin on me. Go get some dinner. You know, like That's he's awesome. a, he's just really charitable, super film, uh, film, charitable. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's just, it's cool to see from a guy that, Really, he doesn't need to do what he does, but he does it anyway. You know, no. I don't know if it's just out of the kindness of his own heart, if he's trying to, you know, rectify some of the earlier demons from his father or whatnot, but he's just an awesome owner, and I'm glad that he's ours. 
Uh, for sure. For sure. I mean, obviously, if you own an NFL team, you got lots of money, but you don't really hear too much about Jerry Jones doing things like that. Uh, not to take shots like put really pot shots at other owners or, or whatnot. But, uh, you know, you don't really hear about some of these other guys doing well, stuff like that. I think uh, I think Jerry would do it if Dallas hookers weren't, weren't so expensive. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, he's so, he's so bad. So influential, influential, but very, very bad at the same time. It, it pains me to see him do stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny watching Jerry be Jerry. <laughs> see, you know, and we could have that. We could have that. Hee-haw, look at me, blah, blah, blah. But we don't, we got brother. Let's go on down and listen to some Beatles. Like yeah. that's our, that's our dude. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah, Jerry, like Jerry Jones, I think is the ultimate metric, I think, for NFL owners because he is the most influential. He has some of the biggest pull. The Cowboys are the the, the most like uh, I think richest like franchise brand in sports by a long shot. So, you know, he's kind of the measuring stick. And I I just kind of just look at some of the things, you know, he's done. And we we look at the Cowboys for the better part of his ownership, and it's actually pretty astounding that like Dallas is the most valuable franchise it one of the most valuable <laughs> franchises in sports history when, or sports today at least when you know Dallas's production has not been really quite up to snuff and i think a lot of people attest that to some of Jerry Jones meddling where you know Jim gives his thoughts on certain situations and i think he he's been very good from what you know we don't know what happens behind closed doors but i think for the most part you know just making general observations uh, he's pretty good about letting the people that he hires, that he puts in place, do their job. Well, you know, and that's the benefit of good hiring. You know, he's done really well when it comes to GMs for the most part, besides he who shall not be named today. Uh, <laughs> positive podcasts, positive podcasts. Yes, yes. So, like, you know, that that move that he made to, I think he traded the third round pick for uh, Bill Polian from the Panthers. You know, that was a shoot move you know him plucking Chris Ballard away uh it was awesome great for us and you know he he puts people in the right positions and to use their strengths so he doesn't have the medal you know if Jerry Jones was half as good as you know Jim Mercy is at evaluating talent and picking the right people and maybe having a general manager he wouldn't be as meddlesome and maybe the Cowboys wouldn't be ass from like 1994 or 95 to now <laughs> It's it's partially true. Uh, it's it's probably most definitely true. I, you know, <laughs> Jerry Jones. It's definitely true. Jerry Jones. You you look at his like legacy, and I mean his ultimate like his. He's had a rough tenure, right? He fired legendary head coach Tom Landry as one of his first acts as taking over team owner, and then he wins two two Super Bowls with with uh, Jimmy Johnson, and then fires him because he's not getting enough credit. It's uh, it's honestly, it's very, very, very astounding. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to watch a guy with so much power, so much control, uh, kind of always put his team in harm's way. It's, uh, you know, it, I know, I know there are Dallas Cowboys fans that do like him obviously, but I think a lot for the most part, a lot of them admit that he gets in his own way. He does, you know, he just trips over himself the whole time. I think it's like an insecure thing on his part he was just trying to prove that he belongs and really that's just sad it's just sad but you know enough about jerry jones let's talk about the man the myth jim Mercer. i agree because honestly I, 
you know, from uh, I read an article this morning and the way that he was brought up, you know, underneath his dad. I mean, he said his dad fired him about, you know, half a uh, half a hundred times, something <laughs> like that. And just I guess he, Bob Ursay was just a miserable drunk who, you know, would go on firing sprees and scream at people. And you know, every Friday he'd come on into the office and they called him the white tornado because he'd go in there and just, you know, wreck shop. And like, literally, I, uh, I was going to story about he, Bob Ursay literally went in after game, fired the coach, just screaming at everybody, like the whole team, where one of the defensive tackles was actually going to punch him. He had the teammates chanting on, punch him, Ray, punch him. <laughs> and, you know, Bob Ursay walks out, you know, the team goes on the bus. Jim stands up. He's a teenager at this time. Stands up in front of everyone and says, hey, guys, look, you know, I'm really sorry about my dad. Uh, it's football. It's just emotions got in the way today, but that shouldn't have happened. I apologize for him. This is a teenager handling that kind of responsibility for his, you know, belligerent father. Huge. It just shows you the kind of man that he is. You know, he just, we're damn lucky that he proved to be the weight that he is. That after learning from Bob Ursay of what not to do, I guess, you know, is the the best way to put it. No, I concur. It, the thing that I've always admired, too, is is he's always been very open about his personal demons, right? Mental health is a big thing that he's frequently talking about, frequently discussing uh, when it comes to, you know, just on social media, just just helping people get in the right mental health stage. We all know that Jim has had his issues and he's going to be the first to admit it. But I think he's done a very good job of owning up to them. And, you know, I see like it, it, that kind of bravery to me is kind of reflected in uh, a lot like a lot of stuff like, that happened around like Colts football. Right. Uh, we have, you know, obviously the Andrew Luck situation, which we refer to all the time, but the bravery that it took Andrew to kind of open up and be like, yeah, listen, guys, I'm not all right. I know you're all counting on me, essentially, but I have to go. And I kind of see that bravery like I don't know if it was, you know, maybe Ursay empower like empowering Andrew to do the right thing or vice or you know vice versa but they 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 I see a lot of similarities you know owning up to what they have you know what they have done in the past. I, I think it's it's really astounding. I think it's pretty inspirational at that because it is it's hard. I, I think mental health, I mean mental health is tough on everybody for but for guys we don't get to talk about it you know as much. It's not it's almost like taboo to kind of open up the way that Jesus yes. say has allowed us to. And uh I, I really, really truly admire him for that. Oh my God, absolutely. Because again, you know, this whole thing, public thing played out in the public view. Uh, the whole, you know, arrest and it's on like video and the mugshot. We, we all see it all the time. Yeah. Um, but the way that, you know, he could have just closed on in, closed up shop, put up the window, said, all right, guys, you know, I'm going to handle this myself. And, you know, he kind of disappeared from public view, but he's not. He's out there in the front lines still, still every time, you know, and, you know, knowing the nature of toxic football fans, that's one of the first things opposing fans will say. Oh, you know, you got a, a an addict yep. Yep. owner. Yeah, it's it's filthy because it's a disease, and he's out there on the forefront showing people, hey, you know, I do have this disease, and I'm not going to let it beat me. Right. He's out there killing it, and uh, yeah, like like you said, it, it is going to taboo for guys to talk about mental health and whatnot. But it's kind of cool that he's the face of it. Him and Darius Slender both now during so you know kick the stigma campaign they've got going on and. It's really cool to have that be an open discussion because, heck, you know, who knows if four years ago when we're going through the whole Andrew kind of luck thing with the first injury when he was out for the year, maybe that could have helped. Who knows? 
Yeah, uh, and it's entirely true. It's entirely true. And speaking of Andrew Luck, too, I, I think, you know, one of my one thing that really stood out to me, you know, a lot of times when these guys retire very young, uh, you know, at, at an early age, a little bit ahead of time in the midst of a very massive contract, a lot of teams like to recoup some of that money back. Right. We know right. Yeah, yeah. Them number one. Right. We have other issues with Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders. They, they reclaimed money from uh, Andrew Luck was in the midst of a massive contract. And for this time period, I think he was a top five paid quarterback, maybe what, you know, top three uh, paid quarterback at, uh, around the time of his retirement, which is pretty amazing to think about. Uh, when Andrew decided to do what he wanted to do, Andrew, you know, Ursa's like, no, like, keep it. Just, just keep it. He wanted a goodwill, and obviously that's something that they did not have to legally. They didn't have to legally, you know, uh, oblige that. They had, they had a case to withdraw all that, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from Andrew Luck, you know, retiring after everything that he did for the organization. But uh, it took a smart businessman in Ursa who I think they allowed it to just eat up on the on the salary cap too. I think they allowed it to still hit against the salary cap. Uh, and be like, you know what? It's okay. And, you know, Andrew, you've done a lot for this organization here. Take the money and, and, and thank you for everything. And maybe, you know, maybe in hopes of him possibly returning, but uh, I think, I, I think it was in go- goodwill. I think- uh, yeah. Well, you know, after that uh, rookie year that he had where he's getting paid minimum and uh, <laughs> he kind of dragged us to the playoffs, he deserved every penny that he got. Oh, from he, us. Did it. he did. That's for sure. But um, yeah. Uh, there's another story. Uh, listen, I learned a lot from Pat McAfee in his podcast. So, um, I guess there was a year where McAfee played great, of course, cause he's amazing. Uh, and he made it to the pro bowl and he had an incentive in his contract to, uh, you know, if you make the pro, pro bowl, you got like an extra $2 million bonus or, or $250,000, some kind of monetary bonus. Uh, but he hurt his knee. So he, he was injured. He couldn't, he literally, you know, he, didn't want to go play in the Pro Bowl because he was hurt. He wanted to kind of rehab and, you know, get the surgery. The team came to him and said, well, you know, since you didn't play in the Pro Bowl, we're not going to give you your bonus. He was like, wait, what? What's that? Ursay heard about this and out of his own pocket gave McAfee the bonus. Say, no, man, you deserve this. Here you go. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'd never heard that. That's yeah. really cool. That makes me, it just Telling makes me you. happier. It just makes me way, way, way prouder of, uh, you know, of like like wow that like hashtag that's my owner right that's 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 my owner that's my owner (laughs) that's my owner man you know that's that's him (laughs) that's how good he is and even like he takes care of mcafee even after retirement right he he takes care of him uh i think he needed like a flight out to a a wrestling show wwe show or or something like to buffalo it was a A flight to buffalo yeah buffalo (laughs) and ursay let him use his private jet yeah you know, it's, it's awesome. And it's so cool to see. And like I said, he's just very charitable and a good person knowing that he's our owner. I makes me thrilled. Yeah. So if I'm, only he was less charitable to Grigson, that'd be cool. Oh, no, never mind. Happy, happy, <laughs> happy thought. You said his name. Uh Oh, said his name. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, you, you are right. It, it is. It does bring a sense of pride. You know, I, I, I am proud to be like a Colts fan because I see what Jim Mercer does. He takes care of his players. He takes care of, you know, uh, some of his office personnel. He takes care of his fans very, very well. And, uh, man, I would love to just shake his hand one day. I I wrote an article a couple years ago when I was, like, 
not, I mean, it wasn't really a good article, but um, I, I wanted to summarize like my, my experiences the first time I went to Indianapolis and I wrote it up. It was a long, long read and I tagged the Colts in it and Jim Mercy actually read it and retweeted it for me. And this was the weekend before my wedding. So I was flying sky high. All right. So Jim Mercy is like, oh, thank you. So, you know, uh, glad you had a good time, this and that. And it put me in touch with the Colt Stadium announcer who I ended up getting an interview with for uh, for the podcast, Mike Jansen, who's a great dude. But it was just really cool because it's like here. I'm not even like a I'm, I barely passed English in high school. All right. And I took a couple classes in college about writing. I don't know how to properly write anything, but I threw this thing together and millions of, you know, thousands upon thousands of, of Colts fans across the world, especially living in Indianapolis, got to read it. And it meant the world to me like that. Like that was like that personal effect, you know, that, that personal touch that again, didn't have to do, but oh, didn't have made, to do it at made all. me feel special. He made me feel special for this one moment in time. And oh man, I, I, I loved it tremendously. I will never, ever, ever forget that. Uh, Till the day that I die, that Jim Irsay did that for me. And, and think about it, just that one gesture that took maybe, you know, a minute out of his life, two minutes out of his life. And that's something that you'll never forget. Think about how many times he's done that for people. Like that's, that's like, that's empowering. Doesn't that just make you feel like uplifted as a fan? Like, man, that's my owner. He's out there like touching lives like this all the time. Like just that one story probably happens about, 20 times a day with him because that's, that's what he does. He just goes around and he gives people and he's just, he's an awesome dude. And I'm glad that we kind of spotlight him. Uh, I think his birthday was on, it's on Sunday. Uh, so, Hey, happy birthday, big guy. Happy birthday to uh, the best owner in professional football. We love, we love and care for him dearly. We're very grateful for him uh, to be the guy. I personally, that's all. I mean, it's all pretty much. I wanted to say, I wanted to just extend gratitude in audio form. Cause I don't think I've ever gotten to do that. For Jim Irsay, uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we close up shop here today? No, man. Just hey, just uh, continue being the owner of the best damn football team on the planet. So thank you, thank absolutely. you, absolutely, absolutely. We thank you so much, Jim Irsay, for all that you do for a Colts community, and uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe me and Brandon wouldn't like the Colts as much if, if you know, if you weren't such a huge influential part of this. Uh, of this of this team so we thank you uh brandon do you have any funny uh or serious or any any kind of fond sentiments before we close up today um oh you know it just it, it got uh, remind me a little bit talking about our owner and just just the word owner possession you know what you have what you keep dear and near to your heart you know, what what do you possess that you love you know what do you have that you love Matt, do you have anything that you that you love and possess? I mean, my 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 wife. I, I mean, is that really possession though? Um, yeah, they're, they're women. An, an extent, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to an extent, a little bit of possession, but yes, love. Uh, I love this Colts team. I love my friends. Love my family. Material possession. There's just a couple yeah. things that I love and cherish. You know, and it's just sad that Bills fans can't love and cherish a Super Bowl win. Because that that'd be cool. They can't do that though, because they stink. Uh, no, no, no rings. I I I love my ring. I got a nice wedding ring. I, I wear all the time. I I 
possess that. I own that. I know the Colts own a couple Super Bowl rings. Yeah, Maybe I they could, like, you know, loan them out for a week. Colt Super Bowl ring. We don't make those for bills. They don't make those for bills, man. So, you know, maybe you should loan that to like a Bills fan friend that you know. Just just get that that possession and that that feeling of that ownership. Because, man. Here you go, little guy. Pat him on the head. (laughs) The Pagoulas ain't it, yo. The Pagoulas ain't doing it for you. Sorry, you got kicked off to the curb. Uh, It's just, they trash. Trash, trash. So, suck it. Bills fans, suck it. Oof. Stiff. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of uh, Colts fans. Yay! And Bills land. Boo, you ain't got no rings, bitch. We'll be back next week for another uh, another episode that... Uh, how, do I, how, do I, how do I describe it? Okay, so I, I was thinking about this. Other Colts podcasts take things very seriously. They are the, they are the, like the Avengers, and we are the Deadpool of Colts podcasts. We take nothing seriously. So um, we thank you so much for your support endlessly, and we will talk to you next time right here on Colts Fans. Ta-ta for now. Get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys. Here's the situation. Two minutes left. Zero timeouts. Down by a touchdown. We got to drive 75 yards. All right. We can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. So what's the play? Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.